I've been racking my brains for the right note to end season four. I wanted to talk about creativity. That's one of my all-time favorite subjects. But I also wanted to leave you with something useful and practical to tide you over in this hiatus before season five. Because you know that this is the last episode of season four. And I ended season three with a bunch of writing prompts for email and social. And that was so popular. I thought I'd do it again. And clearly, it's been way too long since I gave you all some writing prompts because it took me 10 minutes to walk from my house to the pharmacy a few blocks away to pick up some prescriptions. And in those 10 minutes, I had 10 ideas for writing prompts for y'all. So you ready? Go grab a pen and paper. I'll wait. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories, write copy that feels good. It's the no-fluff copywriting podcast that teaches you to write copy you can feel good about and gets you more clients along the way. I'm your host, Jayati Vora, and I'm here to give you a shot of masala for your writing, a way for business owners like you to write copy your way, in your voice, with practical writing tips you can put into action right away. Let's find your words together. Okay, 15 writing prompts coming right up. You can use these for email marketing, for social media posts, for inspiration to write a LinkedIn article or a blog post, even for podcast script prompts if you have an industry-focused podcast. Let's start with something to get the blood flowing. Because why not? Number one, what makes you mad about your industry? If you're thinking, Jayati, you gotta go there. Let me tell you why. Because you know all those stutters and qualifications that come when most of us who haven't had a lot of public speaking experience use? You know the ones. Um, Like, you know, I, for instance, use write as an interjection a lot, especially on this show. Guess what happens to that slightly hesitant pace of talking when we're well and truly pissed off about something? It gets burned away. Gone. Poof. Because when you have a fire in your belly, your words come out smooth. They pour out of you. They're fighting to get out. They're dying to get out. So think back to the last time something pissed you off. Maybe it's a competitor's unhealthy ingredients. Maybe it's the way salespeople tend to talk to customers in your field. Maybe it's price gouging by fellow designers. I don't know. Whatever gets your dudgeon up. Take that moment Talk about it, and then talk about why you do things differently. It's a great way to shine the light on an unfavorable practice while showing your audience that that's not the way you roll. Number two, start with a quote that relates to your business. Okay, so this is kind of broad, and without knowing the specific business you're in, it's hard to be specific, so let me give you some examples. Here's a quote that I refer to frequently when I'm working with clients. It's by Anton Chekhov or at least it's attributed to him, and it goes like this. Don't tell me the moon is shining. Show me the glint of light on broken glass. That's a very evocative quote, and I usually pull it out when I'm explaining to clients what it means to show, not tell, in their writing. And it's a good jumping-off point. If you do yoga, use a quote by BKS Iyengar or the Yoga Sutras or whatever Guruji you follow. Like, 
I was in yoga class earlier this week and I was begging the instructor to work in some asanas that would stretch my legs because my hamstrings have been like really tight. And at home, I usually do downward dog and I feel better afterwards. But sometimes I have to do it for quite a while to loosen up the muscles. And the instructor said something that I've been dying to share, so I'm glad to quote it now. He quoted a teacher of his, a woman, who said, Think of the tight muscle like a knot. And sometimes stretching will work to loosen the knot, but at other times, pulling just makes the knot tighter, right? You imagine a knot, you pull it on two ends and the knot just becomes tighter, doesn't loosen. And at those times, you actually have to untangle the knot. Unfortunately, the instructor didn't teach me exactly how to untangle my hamstrings, but I love that analogy and explanation. By the way, if any one of you knows how to untangle hammies, please email me and teach me. I will be forever grateful. If you're an accountant, maybe don't use that quote about the only sure thing in life being death and taxes. I'm sure there are better quotes out there. I don't know any offhand, but they must exist. Point is, it could be funny or it could be insightful. But it's a jumping off point for you to explain a particular aspect of what you do. Number three, what's the first thing your audience needs to know about what you do or sell? This could feel kind of basic, but my husband has been learning woodworking recently and just got a woodworking certification and I don't know anything about all of this. So I asked him the same question. What's the first thing? You know, what's the most important thing about woodworking? And without even thinking about it, he said safety. Well, duh. But at the same time, maybe not. Because the things that feel obvious to you as the expert, they are also sometimes the things we take for granted. And therefore, we can easily miss or skip over them because we think, well, everybody knows that. But actually, not everybody does. Or maybe everybody's forgotten. Maybe everybody takes it for granted. And so sometimes, we need to be told. So tell them. Number four. A thing in your industry that used to be done one way and is now done another way and why. Okay, if I was using this prompt, it would be a good way to talk about sleazy bro marketing tactics. I mean, lots of people still use them, but there's also more awareness of different ways of doing things. So it's not as bad as it used to be, or rather there's a more varied field out there. If you make bamboo utensils, you could talk about the growing awareness about, say, plastic pollution. Right? When plastic was invented, it was this magical thing. For years, we used plastic things, threw them away. Didn't even think about what it was going to do to our planet. But now we know that it doesn't degrade. There are other alternatives that are more eco-friendly. It doesn't always have to go from a negative past habit to a positive new one. For instance, when I was in India this summer in Goa, we went for a feni tasting. And feni is the local liquor that's made in Goa from cashew fruit. And the distillery we went to, they're fanatical about doing things the old school way. It's very artisanal. Their distiller is so proficient that he can gauge the alcohol level of the feni in progress without using any technology, just by observing the bubbles in the liquid. So in that case, that feni maker is rebelling against the modern ways of doing things and is deliberately choosing the artisanal old school way. And that's a selling point. That's a focus of their marketing spiel. So you can talk about that. Number five, how people misuse or misunderstand X, where X is either your product or a basic principle of what you teach or even what they need to know before they come to you for help. For instance, if you need to understand the basic systems of your business that can be systematized and outsourced before you contact a VA 
virtual assistant. If you don't have that understanding yet and you go to a VA, you're likely to have a bad experience, not because of any fault of the assistants, but because you don't have your ducks in a row yet. So how do people misuse or misunderstand X? Number six, a tip to supercharge or get more value or mileage out of your product. So if you sell a vegan cakes, maybe the tip is to keep the cake out at room temperature for at least an hour before serving. If you're teaching yoga through Zoom, maybe the tip is to always keep the camera on and stay within range of the camera so the teacher can see you. Or maybe that's too basic. Maybe yoga teachers will have a next level tip, right? But what is the way that your customers can get the most out of whatever it is that you're selling? Number seven, if your business was a person, what character would they dress up as for Halloween and why? Okay, this one's purely for fun and it's one of my favorites. And Because Halloween is around the corner and I have a kid who likes to dress up for the occasion, I thought it would be fun to throw in there. But it could also maybe prompt some soul searching or deeper meaning for you, this question. It could also be a fun opportunity to play around, be silly, have fun and spark engagement because you can always ask your audience questions around this one. Like, what's their favorite character to dress up as? Or what was their worst Halloween fail? Or what costume would they put on their pet? Right? Something fun. You can add photos or GIFs or make your own GIF. Go all in. Number eight. The last book you read or the last movie or show you watched that you loved and why it'll stay with you. This prompt actually came from an email I sent out to my list earlier this week. If you're not already on my email list, by the way, why aren't you? Get on it at cuttingchaistories.com slash subscribe. It's fun. It's full of stories. And the people on the list get extras that no one else gets, like a list of these prompts all written up for them. Anyway, so this email I sent was about this Korean drama that has turned out to be the gateway show for me to get into Korean dramas. It's called Crash Landing on You, and it's about the South Korean corporate head who gets caught in a storm while she's paragliding, and she ends up landing, unbeknownst to her, in the demilitarized zone in North Korea. And the very handsome and stern North Korean captain who finds her and later hides her from the authorities. It's a romantic drama, or should I say melodrama, and it's super addictive, and I totally binged all 16 episodes. Anyway, before I watch the show... I didn't know a lot about the history of Korea and the war other than what's in the news. And I mean, I still don't other than what I saw on the show. But now that I've watched it, I'm super interested to learn more. And the reason I was talking about that in my email, because that is the power of storytelling. I went on to talk about the workshop I'm running next week about storytelling and marketing. But the point is, you can use whatever you are talking about, whatever show, movie, book you're talking about, and whatever struck you about it as the segue to come to whatever comes naturally as it relates to your business. Or if you don't want to tie it back to your business, it could just be a getting to know you kind of email or social post, right? Your choice. And the plus side of writing about pop culture is that you're likely to get responses from other people who have read the same book or watched the same show and have their opinion. So that's a nice side benefit. Okay, number nine. The biggest misconception people have about X. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Just fill in the blanks with whatever in your field represents X. Number 10. Why your clients need to give themselves some grace if they don't get X result on their first try at blah, blah, blah. This one is more of a pep talk. 
And I'm thinking it applies more naturally, more easily to certain kinds of businesses, like people who are course creators, teachers, coaches, businesses like that. But what if you're a brick and mortar business? What if you sell a product? Let's think about that. Maybe you can tap into some underlying desire. So if you sell scented candles, maybe the underlying desire is to introduce a sense of calm into their lives. So maybe you talk about your customers cutting themselves some slack when they try to relax at home with a glass of wine or by or just chilling on the couch, and that's not cutting it. And maybe the lavender scented candle will help them. Maybe it won't, but they're trying. And sometimes that's, that's just a step up from where they were before. So try it, play with it. Maybe this prompt won't work for everyone, but it could. Number 11. The last thing you noticed when you stopped to smell the flowers or slowed down. I was walking my dog Chiku the other day and I realized what a gift it is to walk her. Because she loves to sniff every single thing and she can be quite a fixture when she wants to stay put. Right? She's all of seven pounds, but when she doesn't want to be moved, she does not want to be moved. And that forces me to stop for her. And then sometimes I notice things that I would have walked right past if I had been alone. So think back to the last time you stopped to smell the flowers. Maybe there was something interesting you saw that's always been there, but you've never noticed it before. Or maybe there was something new that caught your eye. Talk about that. Number 12. Rituals and memories and what they mean to you. Diwali is on my mind because Diwali is next week. It's the Hindu festival of lights. And while I'm not religious, Diwali has a lot of special memories for me that are mostly tied to family. And the day after Diwali is the Hindu New Year. And when I was growing up as a family, we would go around to all our relatives' houses and wish them Happy New Year or Sal Mubarak. And we'd sit at each relative's house and eat mithai and whatever other snacks they had on hand and we'd catch up. And as kids, I mean, it was super boring to listen in on these adult conversations. But looking back on it now, it was special. And I wish I lived in the same city as my family members to be able to do this now with my kid. We also light diyas and we put them around the house in the evening and in the week leading up to Diwali and make a rangoli decoration for the house. And I can take that memory of Diwali or I can talk about the Diwali parties we're attending this year, three of them, or I can talk about the traditional Indian clothes we wear. And depending on which strand I want to talk about, I can go in a completely different direction. So for you, maybe those rituals um, and those memories around Eid or Thanksgiving or Yom Kippur or something else. It doesn't have to be religious. Number 13. What everyone could learn from X, where X is someone you admire. This is the prompt that keeps on giving because you can use it over and over and over. You just have to change the thing or rather the person that you're talking about. This is a great opportunity to pass on knowledge you've acquired, to educate your audience, to get them to reframe their perspective on something. And so they don't have to read the book that you read. All they need to know about is that one quote, that one nugget that sticks out in your head after reading that book, and then you get to pass it on to your audience. Number 14. That time, that analog or doing something the old school way saved your ass. This could be another opportunity to have fun and build connection with others in the same age bracket as you. Like, who remembers the age of floppy disks and video cassettes? I just bonded with my hairdresser who's dressing up as a Care Bear for Halloween. And I bet the younger generation has no idea of what that cartoon is. This is something you can really have fun with. 
And if you want, you could use it to talk about your business, but you don't have to. This could be like that Halloween prompt, just something fun getting to know you. Last prompt, number 15. Talk about a milestone in your business, bringing it back to business. The 100th episode of your podcast, the 500th email subscriber, the time you hit six figures in your business. It doesn't have to be a numbers game. It could be the first time you were a guest on someone else's podcast. Or you could talk about unshaming a part of you that's been hidden and curled up and afraid under the bed for so long. You get to decide what the milestone is that you want to talk about. And that's also a nice opportunity to show your audience how far you've come where you started from, and where you are now. Kind of like a reintroduction post. That's it. That's my list of 15 writing prompts for you. I hope they've been useful. If you like these prompts, but want to get more help in tying the stories into your business, plus some accountability to actually get the writing done, I'm holding a Zoom workshop on storytelling and using stories in your marketing next week on October 28th. For three hours over Zoom, it's going to be intimate. I'm limiting the number of seats. It's going to be packed with value and you're going to want to be there. I'll put the link to sign up in the show notes. And in the meantime, if you want to stay in touch and get more writing goodness like this, subscribe to Chai in my inbox, my email newsletter at cuttingchaistories.com slash subscribe. I send out emails twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays and bring more writing prompts, writing tips and funny stories from my life and the business lessons I draw from them. Come hang out. Plus, I don't take a seasonal hiatus from my email list the way I do with the podcast. So that's a wrap for season four of Cutting Chai Stories. It's been a blast, and I hope it's been useful and fun for you and motivated you to do some writing of your own. Thank you so much for tuning in. I make this podcast for you. You make it all worth it. Until I see you again in season five, sign up for my email list. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.